Hello, welcome along to the Pushing the Boundary podcast, me and Shane McDermott here to dissect all of the week's first round of county championship games. Shane, how good was that first week? Oh, it was great, wasn't it? Like there were so many good stories, lots of runs we're going to get onto and some good games. I think the best the best moment for me, just as a moment, was um, was the two Root brothers when Billy got his hundred off Joe's bowling, but we'll, we'll get a bit more into that later on. Yeah, definitely one of many stories from the first week of county championship games. We'll get into that and plenty more. Did you watch much of it? Um, I, I saw bits and pieces. I, I kept abreast of the scorecards, obviously, and kept up to date with it. Um, but I watched lots of clips on on Twitter and stuff. It's just difficult to to get too much coverage. It's obviously it's not on Sky. You have to you can go through the streams, which is great, um, but it's just difficult to to watch on main on TV. A quick word on the streams as well, that it's one thing that's probably advanced more than anything in county cricket over the last three years. I think when they first started out, it was very basic. Not too long ago, there wasn't anything at all when it was really based around those who were lucky enough to be able to spend their days at county championship games. And now it looks like we've got full streams, multiple cameras, graphics flying out everywhere. It's, it's really good, isn't it? It's definitely much better than it was. I think they're taking a bit of a leap out of how football do it through iFollow. I don't actually like iFollow as a system, but um, in terms of graphics and the quality, it's chalk and cheese from what it used to be, isn't it, on the county circuit? And I just think it's great in terms of when you've got these county aficionados, you can't go to games, but the coverage is, is very, very good. And the numbers are really good as well from what I saw. Yeah, I've, I was watching Middlesex's stream down at Lords of the Somerset game, and I think they had over 3,000 people in the stream at one point, um, which is obviously a lot more than would be able to go to the game, especially in a place like London or Birmingham at Edgebaston. It is a lot harder for people to go. The demographic of that place is obviously a lot more industrial, a lot more people working, a lot probably younger demographic, whereas down in Somerset, half the people are retired or farmers and can rock up whenever they want. I think it's it's a great point you make because with people working from home, you can have it on in the background or on the laptop so you can split screen it and stuff like that. Um, so I hope it's something they do even when fans are allowed back into stadiums. I think it is. It probably costs them so much money that they don't want to now retract that and, and take that away from people because people get used to things very quickly as well. Yes, and it's a great option, as I say, because if you can't get down to the county championship game, you can literally watch it ball by ball, which is brilliant. Let's get into it then. Uh, we're going to head to the first of just three results in this week's games. Six draws. Shane, that's not something we'd expect in April, is it? No, you expect you expect games to end quite quickly on the pitches, but weather always plays a part. Headley was brilliant one in the morning. It was sunny. Then there was snow. It was an incredible first week, wasn't it? And I just think it's going to get better and better. Let's head to Leicester first. Probably the most comfortable victory of the week, to say the least. Hampshire won the toss, batted. Probably quite a brave move, you'd think, at the time, when it's four degrees at the start of April. But it paid off. Yeah, it, it did look like one of the big mismatches, didn't it, to be honest? Hampshire are one of the stronger sides and Leicestershire notoriously towards the bottom end of Division 2 when it's the two-tier two system. Um, they Hampshire batted really well. James Vince obviously got a big, big 100, big double 100, the 26th first-class 100 of his career, I believe. And he just hit the ground flying and he was one person we picked out 
wasn't he in our first podcast that we thought he would be back in the runs and he's got amongst it early. Yep, so Hampshire racked up 431 on the first day alone, set the game up, never really looked back. I think we expected Vince to come into the season and score a load of runs. It's not really a surprise, but I don't think we expected him to smash 230 after 220 balls with an 81 ball 100, did we? Yeah, you, you never know, obviously, what the pitchers are going to throw up at the start of April. New ball, it's very difficult. We've spoken about it numerous times. But he's hit the ground running and plenty more runs to come. Um, just going back to that, we saw so many wickets tumble, didn't we, in that first session and the start of the start of most innings during the, during the week. I think when I looked at lunch on the first day, five games out of the nine um, teams were at least three wickets down. Um, so we didn't expect so many runs on the opening weekend. Yeah, it was weird, wasn't it? Teams did lose a lot of wickets early. Just going through the 18 first innings from each team, at least nine teams were 50 for three or worse. The worst of which, Somerset, 40 for five. Knotts, 66 for five. Sussex, 40 for four. Derbyshire, 50 for four. Glamorgan, 29 for three. Worcestershire, 32 for three. Kent, 38 for three. Lancashire, 41 for three. And Surrey, 48 for three. Why do you think there were so many of those instances that then turned into most of them quite decent first innings totals? I just think it's just part and parcel of the county championship cricket, really. Especially it's the first game, green tops, weather about. I just think it was just all in the bowlers' favour, wasn't it? And you notice it by a lot of the teams decided to bowl, didn't they, at the toss. Um, and I just think that's a way to get a foothold into the game if you get a team. 30 or 40 for three or four really quickly, you're, you're in amongst it and you can roll them. And if you can roll a team first dig, it's a great advantage. But what we did see, plenty of runs in the middle orders, didn't we? And um, which set up some cracking games. Go back to James Vince. Do you think it's relevant how many runs he scores in the county championship? Because we know he can do it. We know he's probably going to go and score a thousand runs at least. Similar to Gary Balance, is it now a thing that we know what he can do, we know how many runs he's capable of scoring at that level, and it's just a case of he can't probably translate it into international cricket, and he's now just waiting for an opportunity and hoping that he comes good when he gets a chance? Well, it'd be funny if he didn't score a thousand runs, he's already he's already 25% of the way there nearly. But I do, I do think it is somewhat irrelevant. Um, you need you need mountains of runs. If he keeps getting big hundreds, then you can't really argue with it. Um, he's one of those players that I worry he might fit into the Rampakash and the Hicks mould, just absolute gun at county level and then couldn't quite cut the mustard internationally, which would be a great shame because he's such a classy player, looks good. Um, outside off stump, that cover drive is divine. I think this season is a big one for him because if you remember four years ago before the Ashes, he was picked because he was someone who they said would do well in those pitches. Obviously, the way he plays his game, um, the shots he plays and his strengths suit Australian conditions and we go down under in the winter. So it'll be quite indicative of whether he's going to get an England chance or not if he has an England career ahead of him this year. He wasn't the only one to get a 100 in this innings. One of three, in fact, which is... Spectacular, really, when you think that no Hampshire batsman scored a century last summer and now they've gone and got three in their first innings alone. They say it's like London buses, don't they? You just need that first one to come along and they all come along at once. Um, obviously, Liam Dawson and 
Tom Allsop getting in the runs early doors as well. It's just great for the confidence. Um, obviously, Liam Dawson is the all-rounder, bowls spin, and I don't know how how effective his spin his spinners will be. Obviously, in terms of the pitches and stuff. So if he can score some runs, it's great for his confidence. And with all-rounders, a lot of the time you see it if one facet of their game is motoring, then it just brings the other one along as well. We talked a little bit earlier about stories, storylines from the first week. Well, that's not a bad one, is it? Liam Dawson out for the whole of last season virtually with an Achilles injury. Rocks up. First county championship game in probably two years. And he scores his 11th first class 100, passes 7,500 runs, smashes 152, including one of his 50s coming from just 17 balls. Not a bad start to the year, is it? No, not a bad start at all. It looks like he was trying to get an IPL deal late doors. But that's just just a bloodbath down there for the bowlers, wasn't it? He rack up rack up six hundred odd declared. It's not a great day at the office for the old seamers. No, it was pretty simple after that, wasn't it? Leicestershire all out for two hundred and two and three hundred and five. Not too much to talk about. A few half centuries here and there. Mason Crane, three foot in each innings, which is Probably definitely worth taking note of this early in the season. We talk about Liam Dawson's spin. Well, he's got to play second fiddle to Mason Crane at the moment. Yeah, and Mason Crane's one of those, isn't he? It was, I was so gutted for the boy when he went on that tour down under and then after that never really hit his straps in county level, did he? Struggle for a little bit. Um, you don't you don't expect spinners to produce six wickets in um, the first game of a county championship season, especially especially playing in April. Um, the fingers are cold. Can you really give it a rip? It's a real struggle. The pitches obviously aren't conducive to turn. Um, but it's a great start for him. It's a really, really good start. We talk about confidence a lot, don't we? And it's just good to get up and running early early in the season. And obviously, we've got, got the other story at the game, haven't we? The really big controversy, controversy of the first week. Yeah, it's not really been spoke about. I, I didn't see it until you actually sent me it. It's not really something that's been publicised much or spoke about much. Just tell me through it. Talk me through it. Lewis McManus, the keeper, there was an appeal for a nick behind and then he's flicked the bails off with his left glove with the ball in his right hand and the batsman's been given out stumped. Um, it looks horrible in slow-mo because obviously it looks like he knows what he was doing. There wasn't a big celebration. Um, obviously, they were appealing for court behind. Then he's whipped the bails off with his wrong hand, um, just accidentally, really. And then he realised the batsman's out of his ground, so he's been given out. Um, it's one of those, it's been a lot of people branded it as blatant cheating. Um, James Vince came out in an interview after the day's play and said, obviously backing his keeper, and said that it split seconds and we're in the moment. Um, Leicestershire put in a formal complaint. Um, I think it's one of those things which is going to run and they'll, the ECB will probably bring out a statement condemning it in the next couple of days. Just didn't look great, and it's, it's whenever cheating is spoken about, it's just you know it's a highly competitive environment. There's a lot of pressure. You don't know anyone's intentions, but it's something that will stick with the player. He'll get a little bit. He'll get a lot of abuse, um, and it's just not nice. Just not nice to see in the game. You know, just one of those. Especially such a gentlemanly game like like our cricket is. Yeah, it's definitely one advantage of our sport is that you do get that sort of respect a little bit more there isn't as much you know straight up gamesmanship this probably goes a little bit beyond that um 
we've seen it before. Batsmen have been called back, and and the fact that he wasn't called back just shows that it may not have just been a simple mistake, whipping the bales off in habit, because you couldn't just bring him back, right? Yeah, well, obviously, yeah, you know you, you're able to do it, aren't you? You can call the batsman back and you see it a lot. Um, you just hope there was no intent. Obviously, there, there wasn't any intent to start with, and then you realise that, oh, oh, it might be a stumping. I don't know if there was any... The rules, maybe he didn't know. Um, I wasn't 100% sure. I When I watched it, I wasn't 100% sure what happened. Um, but from the keeper's angle, you'd expect him to know what had gone on. Um, yeah, it's just, as I say, it's just not great. It's one of those sore subjects, isn't it? You just hope there was no malice behind it. Um, but a relationship between the two counties is obviously going to be hindered by it. Yep, it's definitely something to watch. We'll see how that one plays out. Uh, down to Lords, Middlesex, Somerset, and a spectacular comeback win, Shane. Yeah, I don't know if I should say too much about this because you're chomping at the bit to get <laughs> to let us know what happened. But when I looked at the scorecards, it was amazing just seeing it coming because Somerset were down and out, weren't they? Really, I think I I tweeted you a little bit of banter. You gave me a bit because of Borthwick's Borthwick stuff, which we'll obviously talk about later on. I gave you a bit back that you were hiding in a dark corner after Somerset's horror start. Yeah, it was, wasn't was great. Um, first day, fresh out the blocks. Somerset won the toss, elected to bowl. And they tried to bowl. Um, there was some bowling happening, but it wasn't particularly good. It was really loose. Sam Robson, first ball of the summer, if you can call it that with the current conditions. Smashed that one to the fence, dispatched first over from Craig Over and went for 13. And they never really looked back. They scored over 100 in the first session alone, topped that up again in the second session. Sam Robson was racing along to his 100, almost at a runnable. And really, it wasn't until the final session of the first day that they called it back. Um, they were really poor. They kept feeding Sam Robson on his legs. He kept dispatching them for four. It was just really easy. It just looked really, really easy. But saying that, no one else was really on his level. He racked up 165, the first person to reach 100 this season, surpassed 10,000 runs with his 24th first-class 100. But no one else got more than 22. He looked good, didn't he? And he was really motoring along, as you say. I just I kept looking at the scorecard, and he was on 70. No one else had passed 15. It was it just one of those. It was just it, wickets kept falling around him and he just led the show, didn't he, from the front. But that's how you build an innings, isn't it? You don't realise, actually, that if you get a couple of players get in and get 70s or 80s, it soon racks up. Nobody actually has to go on and get a big score. And this is an example of it happening the other way. One guy gets 160. If everyone, well, not really chipping in, but if you get a little bit of a start and you get to 300. And you're you're in the game, and then obviously, obviously, then Somerset were just wickets just went, just kept falling. It was, I think, by the time I tweeted something that they were five down, I think they were seven down, and then they were nine down. It's just, it's an amazing game. It's one of those games you want it, don't you? You want that game, first game of the season. You want something like that, a really tight nail biter. Obviously, not for the players or or any Somerset fans, but as a neutral, those are the games you really really, really enjoy. The one thing I will say is that it shows Somerset's title credentials. 
down and out, backs to the walls, could easily have been an opening day loss, well, opening week loss. And then they just put it down to experience and say, we weren't good enough. It's one game down and we'll bounce back. But they managed to get a result when they didn't really look like they were going to get anything out of the game. No, that's to say the least, isn't it? They were 89 for nine in their first innings, replying to Middlesex's 313, 222 behind with a wicket left. But it's not the first time they've done this. It's a constant theme that the tail has wagged. It's normally someone like Jamie or Craig Overton, but this time, Martin Delanger didn't do much with the ball. Um, didn't really suit his style of aggressive bowling. He crashed a few boundaries. Somerset reached 172. The final wicket stand of 83 with Jack Leach, who got a handy 20-odd. Um, still left them 141 behind. Despite that, they plugged away. Lewis Gregory, who managed to burgle himself a fifer in the first innings, was by far the most impressive of Somerset's bowlers. They pulled it back in the second innings. Middlesex all out for 143, which definitely could have been the case if they'd caught Sam Robson when they dropped him twice in the 20s in the first innings. James Hildreth guilty of one of those, which was very, very simple. And the bowlers bounced back. Craig Overton, Josh Davey and Jack Leach, 35.4 overs in the second innings. Nine for 60 between them, taking three wickets each. Set up a run chase of 285, but I still think, Shane, that we probably thought that was a little bit too much. Yeah, those chases are tricky, aren't they? I think the big turning point, though, is that last wicket stand, as you say, and we've seen Jack Leach. He's always been able to stick around, hasn't he? Showed that when he went up as a night watchman against Ireland and then famously at Headingley. Um, the the best one not out you'll ever see. Um, but that was a great turning point. You at that stage you're just trying to cut the, just trying to cut the deficit, aren't you? As much as you can, just get as close as close as you can to Middlesex's first inning score. And then the bowlers had something to prove, didn't they? As you say, um, and they did it. They did just that. That bowling attack. It's a very very good bowling attack. We've spoken about it many times. You rave about them, obviously, because they're your your boys. Um, but it, yeah, it was tricky chase two eighty five. Um, on the last day, got there fairly comfortably. Only won it by four wickets, only six down. Um, Captain Tom Abel, Tom Abel led from the front, and he'll be very pleased with that. And ably supported by George Bartlett's unbeaten 76. Yeah, it's not the first time George Bartlett has done this either. He's a really gritty young cricketer. He seems to stand up when the chips are down. He seems to really come to the fore when backs to the wall, and especially in this situation, it's it's not the first time he's done it. It's not the first time that Somerset have done it. And it just shows that against this Somerset team, you are never, ever going to get them to roll over. You are never completely running away with the game. And they're a force that still are to be reckoned with. They are, as I say, it's a great start to their title chase. Um, and it will send down a marker, you know, just to the rest of the counties that don't, they're never down and out. They're difficult to put away. But going back to Bartlett, he's got great maturity, hasn't he? Um and resilience for someone so young. He's only 23 years old. And as you say, he's he's someone when the backs are to the wall needs a rear guard action. He's there. They're willing to fight in the trenches. Yeah, the first time I saw him was actually at Edgebaston and he got a duck and I was sat in front of the dugouts and he walked off and there was a rather loud clunk because he whacked something. He didn't look particularly good and I wasn't sure that and I wasn't confident that he was really going to make it. But wow, he's proved me and everyone else wrong as a Young man, he's scored hundreds, he's 
got now four centuries and four fifties in first class cricket and he's another one of this young Somerset batting core that are really stepping up. Tom Lamanby didn't have a great game, Tom Banton didn't have a great game, didn't score any runs, but no, you get them two out, it's it's George Bartlett that does the damage. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those, isn't it, in county cricket, it's easy to to whip out the top order with the new ball, but it's those middle order batsmen. Those gritty types of batsmen, they dig in and they're hard to budge, aren't they? And he, he's up for the fight, as we said. And this Somerset side can really go places this season. They've got a great bowling attack, as we speak about. Some good experienced batsmen, um, Tom Abel, the skipper, James Hildreth, and then a young core of guys chomping at the bit to get some runs and make their mark on the county circuit. Heading to Somerset's great rivals, Gloucestershire. They managed to roll over Surrey by eight wickets. Can we skip this one? <laughs> it wasn't a great, wasn't a great game, was it for Surrey? I bigged up the batting lineup. Pope's back, Amler's in, Stoneman's got a point to prove. Burns is going to want some early season runs, and it was Ben Folks who stole the show, wasn't it? Um, just a yeah, a difficult start to the season for Surrey, but taking nothing away from Gloucestershire, they put in a great performance to win by eight wickets. Yeah, it wasn't a great. First showing for Surrey, Burns, Stoneman, Pope and Folks all out for under 26 in the first innings. Amler, a classy 56. We expect nothing else from him. Really some beautiful shots. But Surrey boys got themselves out really cheaply despite lots and lots of starts, which is really disappointing. It's one of those cardinal sins in cricket, isn't it? Getting a start and not going on. When you get to 15, 20, 25, you should be going on. It's just one of those... Things which are very frustrating as a batsman, very frustrating for fans because the first 30 balls, Ricky Ponton talks about it greatly in his book and he was one of the greats, obviously. That it's the first 30 balls he felt most vulnerable because your feet aren't moving, you haven't really got the pace of the pitch, your rhythm could be a little bit off and that's when you're at your weakest as a batsman. So to get in and get out is very disappointing. Um, but they'll learn from it. They, they're all good players. Um, obviously, Pope, Burns trying to get some early season form before going off to play for England. Um, Amler showed what a great player he is because he'd only just landed in the country a week or so just before the game. So there's plenty more to come from this Surrey side, but Gloucestershire did well. They racked up a nice first inning lead in the 806. Um, your mate Bracey, 50. We're very pleased with him, aren't we? We think he's a great little batsman um, who's going to be knocking on the door for England sooner rather than later. Yeah, the whole top order really did a great job for them. Chris Dent, 78, who we'll talk about again later. Tom Lay, 65. Bracey, 54. Just set up a first innings lead that they needed. But Reese Topley, it was good to see him getting in the wickets. Five for 56. His first five-wicket haul in almost eight years. Yeah, and I think we were, we didn't know if he was going to play, did we, when we were looking at the prospective lineups when we were trying to figure it out. We weren't sure if he was going to get in. Um, I just think that left arm, it just adds such a different dynamic to a bowling attack, doesn't it? If you can get that ball coming back in, which he can, it's just, it's really tough to face late in swing. He's a great bowler who hasn't really hit his stripes as he in Red Bull for quite a few years. As you say, it's been a while. I mean, it'd be nice for him to have a good season and be a big staple of that bowling attack. Yeah, we talk about Surrey's batting a lot but if they can get him firing and he's probably going to be there for most of this Red Bull season he'll be a really great asset for them I believe so I believe so I really I really like him as a player 
Um, obviously, as I say, he's a great white ball cricketer, but he'll want to make his mark in the red ball game because he's sort of been labelled, hasn't he, as a white ball specialist of sorts. Um, and a first five wicket haul in seven years, I believe it is, eight years. Since 2014, so yep, seven years. His eighth first class five wicket haul. And then the batsman decided to rock up for the second innings. Rory Burns, Ben Folks, two England hopefuls. 130 for Folks, 74 for Burns. Ben Folks is 11th first class 100. But then on the back of that, Amla and Pope out for none. And they lost their last five wickets for just 15 runs, which effectively sealed their defeat. It's the hope that kills you, isn't it? I was looking at the scorecards, watching a little bit on my phone, and I thought, oh, Folks is going gonna to stretch us to a little bit, a little bit of a lead area, decent decent little lead and we might be in the game um, it wasn't to be unfortunately it was good to see Roy Burns get some runs wasn't it because he looked out of sorts in that towards the end of that India trip um, his technique was a little bit off but he'll be wanting to cement that England place again with some early season runs Ben Folks, let's talk about him it was a great hundred um, Surrey actually tweeted a great photo about his different hairstyles because he had a haircut they were disappointed I think we're all buzzing to get a haircut eventually. I haven't had one yet. I still look like a homeless person. But back to Ben, folks. Where do you think he stands with his England England credentials? Because obviously Butler and Bairstow both playing in the IPL. Folks is playing Red Bull cricket and he's racked up 100. He must feel like this is a great opportunity to cement his spot with the gloves. Yeah, I think it's been accepted. He's probably England's best keeper. Um, I don't think there's much between them. I think... They're all very good with their hands, but Joss Butler just gives you that something different. And I don't know if it's just one of those things that they just want to they want they want to keep him because they know that if he does get in, he can win you a test match in an hour. But for me, he'd be in. I think he's the most consistent with the bat. He's proved that he can score runs for England. He's proved that he can score runs in the most difficult conditions for England. I, I'd have him in. I think Josh Butler has had enough chances. I think his record speaks for itself. It's, he's frustrating to watch. He's It just doesn't quite click for him. And we said it bef- We said it in the preview, I think, that England have got a big enough pool of players to not have to force players and pigeonhole players into formats that don't suit them. There's no reason why Ben Folks cannot be England's test wicketkeeper and number seven, why Joss Butler cannot be the one-day keeper and bat where he bats and Bairstow can focus on opening up the innings. Okay, he probably want the gloves. Yes, he's not got them. I don't know he get how he goes about getting them back. But England have got three quality wicketkeeper batsmen, and they should be able to get them all in the respective teams. Yeah, he was one of those players, wasn't he? He was sort of pigeonholed that his batting wasn't strong enough for international level, but he's proved that now. Gone back to Surrey. He obviously had that disappointment last season because after being dropped. Um, from the England setup, obviously back in again for the winter down in the subcontinent, and he's opened the season with a with a good hundred, and that's just a brilliant sort of shout to the selectors. I'm here, I'm in form. Those two other boys are out playing the IPL. I want to play Test cricket. I want to play Red Bull cricket. I think it's just one of those things. It's horses for courses, isn't it? As you say, he's got the game to bat at Test level. Um, and we saw that in the winter when everyone was struggling against spin. Fair enough, granted, he didn't score many runs, but he dug in. Um, dug in and proved that he's got that that toughness that you need at test level when things aren't going too well. Yep, it left Gloucestershire needing 229. They had 63 overs to do it in, which 
fairly straightforward, but it didn't end up as straightforward when they lost some time to rain. In the end, they did it in just 37.1 overs, a run rate of over six and over. Graham Van Buren, his first 100 since 2016, and what a way to do it, 110 not out, supported by Chris Dent's 91 not out, his second half century in the match. And to say they saw them home, it's a bit of an understatement, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Um, Surrey obviously left themselves too much to do. That collapse absolutely killed them, really. And then Gloucestershire just absolutely motored to victory, didn't they? Uh, as you say, weather was around. You never sort of know what's going to happen in England. And they needed to get it done nice and quickly. We're talking about Reese Topley actually coming to the fore after a, a long time in the sort of shadows of Red Bull cricket. And Van Buren, the exact same. And his was a match-winning contribution in the end. It was, and it was a stunning one at that. Graham Van Buren's 110 coming from just 98 balls. Chris Dent's 91 from 97 balls. Absolutely tore the Surrey bowling lineup apart in the second innings. No bowler went for less than 4.9 and over. Reese Topley was going at 5.5. Jamie Overton, 6s. Jordan Clark, almost 8.5. And, and that was just a really, really impressive way to seal their first victory of the season. It really was, and it was a convincing win at the end, wasn't it? I think we should. I think we should move on. I think we should get over, get over to Headingley. Let's talk about the Root Brothers. Let's talk about some snow. The draw down there after Glamorgan's horror start. Let's get rid of Surrey now, mate. Come on, you've had your, you've had your bragging rights for the first week. Somerset won. Surrey lost one nil to you. Off we go. <laughs> yeah, let's go to Headingley, which was just a remarkable week. Week really, when you look at it. The Battle of the Roots for the, just the second time ever. Uh, they faced each other. And it was Billy that stole the show with 100 in the second innings. He scored 153 runs in the match, whereas Joe scored just 29. Do you think there'll be some bragging rights there? Oh, there'll be some text messages flying around, won't there? Especially the fact that Billy's 100 came off Joe's bowling. You should have seen how devastated Joe looked. He's had his hands on his head. He was gutted, wasn't he? That He's not going to live that one down. I think more so the fact that he's the one who's bowled to let him get to the 100. I think that's more so the bragging rights that it will take because Rudy England skipper, you know, respectfully will just go, hey, hey, get back in your box. But the fact that he's... He's got his run for his 100. And it's a it's a big 100 for, for Billy Root, isn't it, against his native county. Um, would feel like he had a point to prove. Um, but he's gone to Glamorgan. He's settled in that side and it was a great switch for him. Yeah, he did say he was quite pleased that he's managed to do it at Headingley. Um, and good on him, his sixth first class 100. Set the game up, Glamorgan, 330 in the first innings with their tail wagging, to say the least. 122 eighth wicket stand between Tim van der Gooten with his personal best of 85 not out, 57 for Dan Douthwaite and 54 for Michael Hogan. 16 wickets fell on day two as Yorkshire were all out for 193. Joe Root out for just 16 and then 19 in the second innings. It's not the way he would have wanted to get his season up and running. No, it wasn't a great start, was it, for him? And I think it was actually indicative of how the England players actually fared on the first in the first game week. Obviously Ben Folk's the only one really to get in amongst the runs. Um obviously Rory Burns got seventy five but a big, big hundred. The rest of the batsmen sort of failed to hit hit the ground running. But back to Glamorgan, they, they had a horror show. They were twenty nine for free. But they just proved once again that if you can battle back from a terrible start and get a first inning score on the board, you can put the other side under pressure because Yorkshire went into that game as the favourites. 
Yeah, this was actually a really, really poor game for Yorkshire, I think. I've read a couple of the match reports that spoke really, really disappointingly on the third day, which is when it really started to go wrong. They were already behind in the game. Billy Root and captain Chris Cook added 98 in the morning session without loss. And then it snowed. Who'd have thought it? Completely covered. It was an absolute picture, wasn't it? And not something you expect to see during a cricket game. You don't get that in somewhere like Australia or the West Indies. No, it, it just froze you to the core a little bit, didn't it? It was one of the it was bizarre because if you look at the photos, the morning, glorious sunshine. And then there were, it was covered in snow. It was it was strange to say the least. The funny story actually, some of the boys who will be listening, we played a uni game. Um and it was again very early because you have to concertina all of the games in, don't you, before everyone goes home for summer. And there was hailstones and our opening bowler is him, bowled his six overs with the ball and then went off with his throat, throat cramps, apparently. I don't know how you get cramp in your throat, but the boy obviously used to play in, playing cricket in Dubai, went a bit cold for me. Unfortunately, for the Yorkshire, Yorkshire lads, they're, they're quite used to it. Durham obviously had to, had to train in the snow just the day before the season or two days out from the start of the county championship. It was, yeah, very bizarre to say the least. Yep, but the snow didn't affect Root or Chris Cook, who both went on to score centuries. Partnership of 212. They declared on 241. Um, and Yorkshire managed to rack up then 223 for four in their first innings. Adam Live with his 25th first class 100. But this one just played out in what ended up being a quite entertaining draw with a couple of hundreds, some fantastic storylines, and Billy Root getting the better of Joe, no doubt. Yeah, he's definitely got the bragging rights there. Um, and it's a great great start for Glamorgan's season, you know, um, just to get off and running with a, a strong strong performance in a draw against a very good side. A dark horse in that group, you reckon? Potentially, potentially. You, n- you never know what could happen. Um, the sort of cream always sort of rises to the top, but it's a short, it's a short little format, isn't it? They could get on a roll, you never know. Yeah, Northants beat Kent now, another draw, as we spoke about. A high-scoring one at that. Not much of an opportunity for Zach Crawley and Joe Denny to show what they can do both out early in the first innings and then didn't really get a chance to get another go. Uh, Kent racked up 309 on the first day alone. Jordan Cox, who we spoke about in our pre-season ones to watch, was out for 62, opening the batting. Jack Leaning, who's also another good player, 79. Ollie Robinson, 84. Crawley and Denley were out in consecutive overs for 1 and 14. And Kent managed to get their way up to 455, thanks to none other than you-know-who. He's a fine wine, isn't he, Darren Stevens? He just gets better with age. It's a great story, actually, when you think back. He was just about to lose his contract, wasn't he, a few years ago? And in his last game, smashed that double hundred. We know how good he is with the ball, but you'd expect his batting to decline, to tail off a little bit as he got older. No disrespect to him I just mean in in general the eyes sort of tend to go as you get older but he's still trundling away on the county circuit of 44 but he's still putting in eye-catching performances isn't he as I say goes without saying how good he is with the ball but absolutely smashed 100 again it's just I just don't know any more superlatives you can say about him no I don't think there's much more we can add Darren Stevens 116 not out of 134 balls and Shane, who's another one this week, who scored a fairly rapid 100. There was six or seven players who scored their centuries, including 
that of James Vince, who obviously got a much more than just 100, but of strike rates 75 or above, I think there were seven or eight players. Why is that, that they're getting these runs so quickly in April? Um, I don't know, really. It's, it's a strange one. I expected the bowlers to dominate in the first week, as I think you did as well, and many county cricket supporters, because we've watched it for so long. There's just the amount of hundreds. I think you pulled out a stat. Obviously, there was 19 in the first week. You pulled out a stat that, was it last season, there was only six? It's a 1900s this week, including two double centuries. Factor in also Chris Dent's 91 not out. Factor in Tom Moores' 96 not out for knots. Takes it up to around 21 if you'd expect them to finish the job. In 2019, so not the Bob Willis Trophy because of the different yeah, time sorry. of year. So if we go back to 2019... Again, similar time of year, April the 5th. There were six games at the start of the season and there was just 600, so about one a game. Three of them came at Yorkshire where Balance and Root, I think it was all Balance and Bearstow, both got quite big hundreds. So it's just remarkable how many hundreds there was this time compared to two years ago. Yes, it is, as you say. Um, great stat, by the way, when you pulled that one out on me. I was very impressed. I think another point to be made, maybe the format, um, obviously it's not into divisions yet, so you get probably get a few mismatches um, but when you look at it it's been both sides in those games have got runs and people have got hundreds so it's a difficult one to pin your pin your finger on I I always make the point that I enjoy a low score it's just a little bit more a little bit more to enjoy you just you expect more to happen every ball sort of like an event in those games but as a batsman it's never a bad thing to see see people in the runs no, it's good for the batsmen to get one back on the bowlers, especially in England over the last few years. But Kent, 455. Probably would have expected Northampton then to make a struggle of it. But no, Ricardo Vasconcelos, very, very promising young South African left-hander, gritty young player, came over in 2018 as a white ball specialist, I think it was safe to say. He was pigeonholed and was very talked up about in the white ball game, but he's really, really found himself a red ball spot at the top of the order. He struggled to get in the white ball side and cement a place for North Ants. Ben Duckett and Richard Levy, Adam Rossington were taking those spots. He really cemented his spot at the top of the order alongside Ben Curran. Another 100, 154 from 209 with some trademark Cuts and drives from him, a really elegant, punchy, positive left-hander. And Rob Keogh also added his 10th first-class 100 with 124. Yeah, he's, he's a great player, isn't he? We're just going back to that. He's just so good outside of stump. Um, can't give him any whip because he'll, he'll punish you or put you away. But that's that's where bowlers want to bowl in April. They want to they try and nick you up into the cordon when you've got three, four, five people waiting there for you. I think it was just one of those games, wasn't it? High scoring, looked like it was going to be a draw after Northants um, obviously got on the board themselves and it just sort of petered out in the end. Yep, not much really more to say about that one. It's a positive start for both teams with the bat and they'll look to build on it as we go into tomorrow's next round of games. Down to Chelmsford, Essex, the defending champions against Worcestershire side who we talked up in our pre-season preview. 207 for three on the first day. Essex lost the least wickets of anyone on the first day. And Tom Wesley went on to make the second double century of the week with 213. Trademark through the leg side, first three boundaries. It's just another one who will go and score a lot of runs this season in county cricket. Yeah, he's, it's just, an, as you say, exactly. He's one of the players you expect towards the top of the averages or the run scoring charts at least. Just goes without saying, he's just going to churn them out. He had his, had his chance of England, of course, didn't quite didn't quite make the cut, unfortunately. 
The one I wanted to tell a little, Adam Weeter looked good for his 87. Yeah, another good keeper batsman that's probably not going to get the credit he deserves because of those above him in the pecking order. But he's a gritty, plucky cricketer, good keeper, does himself justice with the bat as well. Probably goes under the radar, as a lot of people do in this Essex side, when you've got the stars of Lawrence, Tendershata, Bapara, and people like Alistair Cook. Yeah, he's just another one, is he? Goes under the radar, just off that Essex conveyor belt of keeper batsman, just like James Foster. Whereas back in the day, he was just a, he was a quality clubman, wasn't he? Um, could bat, um, respectfully, um, was a good batsman as well. But I think it's one of those things, isn't it, with Weeter? He's just going to fly under the radar and do his job. As you say, there's so many big stars in that team. Um, and another one who goes under the radar in that side is Sam Cook, isn't he? He does understudy to Jamie Porter a little bit. Probably unfair to say that. I'm sure he won't like us saying that, but... Four wickets for him in Worcestershire's innings of 475, another mammoth first innings, just 15 short of Essex's 490, with Dan Lawrence also scoring 46, probably one of the better innings for England this week. But Worcestershire, 475, they really fought back. Jake Libby, one of the stars of the 2020 Bob Willis Trophy, 180, a really mammoth score for him when you get in, go big, and he did. Seventh first-class 100, and Ed Barnard getting his maiden first-class 100 at the age of 25, and a proper 100. 263 ball was not a tail-ender who came in and tried to stick with Libby and smashed it around him at the end. This was a proper 100, Shane. Yes, and you love to see it as an opening batsman, don't you? I love a gritty, gritty 100. Dom Sibley for me, watching bat all day. You take your 300 balls to get your 100, son. That's, that's a bit of me. Um, hopefully, it's a nice little stepping stone. 25 now, he'll want many more in the future. Yep, he's got 12 first-class 50s, so he's no no mug with the bat, but a first-class 100 for the first time. Congratulations to him and a partnership of 244 with Jake Libby. To be honest, from that moment onwards, the game was only heading one way. Over 900 runs in the first innings alone meant that a draw was the only outcome there. Over to Edge Baston and probably, Shane, the most English result of the week. Yeah, I think so. Nice little low scorer. Kick kick us off. The bowl, the bowlers had one over on the batsman there, didn't they? Probably the one, as you say, the one of the week where they did. Um, and it was great to see. It was a good game. It was a good game. Um, for a low scorer to still be drawn is a bit of a surprise. But yeah, it was a good game. Good game. Great to see. Yeah, we said earlier that most of these draws that we're talking about actually weren't down to the weather and it was just down to a lot of runs and you could have played for eight days and it would probably still have still been a draw. But here there was a little bit of rain, there was a little bit of snow about, the weather really didn't help and again it was a lower scorer so you would have expected to see a result. But no, Warwickshire ran through Derbyshire's top order on day one, they had them seven for three. Three of Derbyshire's top four out for naught. Liam Norwell getting his first five-wicket haul of the season, the first five-wicket haul of the season. And he got another one that goes under the radar. Fantastic first-class record for him down at Gloucestershire and now up at Edgebaston. 266 first-class wickets, an average of 26. Second quickest bowler at Warwickshire, according to the coaches there I read, after Ollie Stone. He's no slouch, is he? And I think we talk. We seem to keep talking about people who go under the radar. And I think it's a great way for the podcast to go, actually. Just the unsung heroes of county cricket. He's a great little bowler. Every time I've seen him bowl, he's always in amongst the wickets. Every time I look at a scorecard, he's got got a few sticks. 
Um, again, it's difficult, isn't it? He's behind Wokes and Stone in that side in terms of um, seam bowlers. And they're the ones who take the plaudits, obviously, because of their profile. They play for England. Oh, well, Stone's obviously making his way. But I think it could be a big season for him because you don't know just how much Wokes and Stone are going to be available. Um, Wokes will surely play a part in the England side this summer. And Stone's obviously trying to make his mark in the side before going down under. So I'm not sure how much Stone will play. They might try and keep him under wraps a little bit for injury. Yep, this game was 10 years on from Liam Norwell's first-class debut where he took six for 46 against who else but Derbyshire. Warwickshire, 221 all-out in reply after Derbyshire were 189 all-out, 63 for Louis Rees, 64 for Matt Critchley. Dom Sibley, a slow 29 off 100 balls, probably not much more than you can expect at the moment at Edgebaston, what looked like a difficult wicket and some difficult conditions. Yeah, this was just one of those games, wasn't it? It was a slowish surface from what I read. Um, tough conditions around, the ball doing a lot. As you say, the one thing with the weather is when you go in on and off, it's difficult to find any rhythm, um, especially batsmen like Sibley, who take a while to get going themselves. But it was a nice, nice low-scoring game. And then Ollie Hannon-Dolby, I mentioned him when I, in my little Warwickshire preview at the start of the season. He, he took the first five, what, didn't he? He ripped through them. He did, took the first five Derbyshire second innings wickets, took five for 76 in the second innings. It was amazing, really. Derbyshire came out second innings 22 behind and wanted to clear Edgebaston by the sounds of it. Yeah, I thought you might get a ball into the old back garden, mate. I don't know, you could have been catching in the crowd. 10, 10 grand, isn't it, in, in New Zealand if you take a crowd catch? Yeah, it would have been a good one, wouldn't it? Um, Derbyshire came out very, very aggressive by all accounts, trying to hit everything outside off stump on a wicket that definitely wasn't conducive to hitting everything outside off stump and found themselves 71 for five. Yes, yeah, it's, it's one of those, isn't it? You can't you can't play those shots in April. It's just it's just a sin. You just you just can't. You're not going to get away with it, really. You're going to nick off. Um, you're going to play rash shots. It's not going to look too good. And the coaches aren't going to be too happy if you're a batsman. That's when swishing outside off stump every ball. Matt Critchley managed to get them up to a reasonable second innings total, probably saved the game for them with his 83 to follow up a half century in the first innings as well. No hundreds in this one, one of the only games of the week that saw no centuries, barely any really runs scored up at Edgebaston. And Derbyshire probably thankful for the weather they managed to secure a draw to go to open their season. Yeah, I think they'll be very happy with that after the, the way they played during the week. It was one of those, as you say, too much time lost and a very English-like start to the season. I'm surprised, actually. We didn't see more weather around the grounds. Obviously, Headingley speaks for itself a bit of snow, but other than that, not not too much to worry about. No, very, very cold. I think we had a few more woolly hats around and a lot of, a lot of players saying how cold it was, but it's all part of the fun. Everyone's in it together, aren't they? Yeah, I think there was lots of lots of hand warmers in the in the pockets this week, I think. Definitely. It's been bitterly, bitterly cold. Trent Bridge, another draw. Battle of two of our ones to watch between Durham and Notts. And I think, safe to say, Brett Hutton had the better of the two. Yeah, I, re- I reckon he sort of won that battle out of our pre-season talk-ups, didn't he? I bigged him up. I've been bigging him up since September or whenever it was announced he was going back to Durham. And Scott Borthwick let me down, didn't he? <laughs> Four balls. Four <laughs> balls he lasted. 
Hey, at least it wasn't a golden. Come on, look on the bright side. Positive. Positive well, energy. I yeah? suppose there's every cloud. Durham, 330. Ben Rain, 59. Not out. A handy lower order batsman. Uh, Alex Lees, 58. And David Beddingham, 57. But he was far from finished in this one. Knott's massively underperformed with the bat again. 267 all out. Left them with at a deficit of 63 after the first innings. Tom Moore's top scorer with 96 not out, left stranded. But Ben Slater, Hasib Hamid, Ben Duckett, Joe Clark, all failed for knots. And this is something that has been a theme, isn't it? 28 matches now in first-class cricket without a win, stretching back to June 2018. That is nothing short of criminal with the squad they've got, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it just shows that they've focused on white ball cricket, haven't they? They've been so successful in those formats over the last few years that the Red Bull's just gone on the back burner for them. And it's quite disappointing, very disappointing for such a historic county, you know, um, not to be performing at their very best in Red Bull cricket. And they're probably going to be in that, that bottom group, aren't they, once the, once the divisions get restructured. Yeah, it's not looking great for them after the first game of the county championship. Brett and Hutton went back there and said he can see them turning a corner. Well, if this one's anything to go by, it's not been turned enough yet. Durham again racked up 330 for four in the second innings after being 78 for four. David Beddingham scored his first first-class 100 in England with 180. And Ned, Ned Eckersley, 113. The pair put on 254 unbeaten for the fifth wicket. But David Beddingham, he's probably someone you've not particularly heard of. But if you look at his first-class record, he's absolutely fantastic. 26-year-old South African, 2,500 first-class runs, at an average of 47. Great conversion rate, 800s, 1050s. And he's another one who's come from Boland, the same place as Ricardo Vasconcelos. Looks a great little player, doesn't he? Absolutely cracking. I think he's one of those. He's going to be towards the top end of the scoring charts, in my reckoning. And it just shows what Durham are trying to build up there. Um, around Alex Lees is another great player. Scott Borthwick will come good. He'll come good. Keep the faith. I promise you he'll come good. Um, but he's a, he's a great addition. And as you say, at 26, he's got a long, a long and prosperous county career ahead of him. Yeah, it might be a nice little find for Durham and someone who goes on to really become a star of the county scene. Finally, Old Trafford, Lancashire, Sussex, the final draw of the week. Sussex, 301. Tom Haynes, career best, 155. The Cat with three lives. He got dropped twice by Stephen Croft. Very mature innings, though, by all accounts. He let Lancashire seamers have the morning session, took his chances, got a little bit of luck, and cashed in 155, career best. And Shane... We may say he got dropped three times, but it's not his problem, is it? He didn't drop them, and there'll be times where you feel good and you leather one straight at a fielder who takes a one-handed catch and you walk off feeling a bit down in the dump. So, congratulations, Tom Haynes. Tell me about it. The amount of times you feel like you're in the form of your life and you absolutely... Someone takes a screamer, as you say. But look, it doesn't say he's been dropped three times in the scorebook, does it? It says 155 runs next to his name. He'll be proud as punch. As I say, it doesn't matter if he was dropped. He's gone and cashed in. But I think the biggest point to make is what you said. If you had a blueprint for a county innings, especially in the first game of the season, when everything's in the bowler's favour, really, that's it. Give the bowlers, get yourself in. The longer you bat, the easier it becomes. It's a great saying. 
and he did just that. Yep, Ollie Robinson, also a half-century for Sussex, made it two Ollie Robinsons to score a half-century on the opening day of the season after Kent's Ollie Robinson scored 84. This one was just a good battle, tough for the bowlers. Lancashire went and racked up 407. Dane Villas, 35 years old, 189 off 252 balls, his 22nd first-class 100. Abetted by Alex Davies and Rob Jones, who also made 58 and 61. And again, this was just another one that didn't have enough time to, to really form a result, but it would have been a high-scoring one. Yeah, it looked, like a, it looked like a good game in terms of, as you say, tough for the bowlers. They had a really tough couple of days at the office down there. Um, but... I don't know what they're talking about, about making Test cricket four days. County Championship games can't finish in four days, judging by this in April. What, what chance would they have in Test cricket? Well, exactly. There we go. So, there we go. If we have a look at the tables, Durham leading Group 1 after the first round of games, but it's very, very tight in that group, as you would expect. Three draws means all six teams are covered by just two points. Hampshire, Gloucestershire and Somerset all leading the way in Group 2. All three results came in Group 2. Hampshire 24 points, Gloucestershire 22 points, Somerset 19 points, but they had their 8-point deduction, leaves them on 11. And Group 3, again, all teams covered by just 5 points, with Lancashire and Northamptonshire leading the way, 16 and 15-point hauls in their first games. We spoke about it, didn't we? Group 2 looked like the one which was going to be a really competitive, competitive group. I think it's great that there's not too many points in it, really, um, to start the season. And we're looking forward to the next week of games, aren't we? Looking ahead to tomorrow, then, very quick turnaround. Players, staff, all ready to go again for round two. Who have you got your eyes on this week? I think I've got my eyes on the game you're going to be glued to. Somerset, Gloucestershire, best in the West. Who's going to get those bragging rights? You're obviously firmly in one camp. It's these games, they're the ones which the fans fans get up for more than anything else. I think the stream will do some really good numbers this week. Definitely. It's one of those that probably will benefit from this sort of format. Somerset Gloucester haven't hadn't played each other for a long time in first-class cricket until last season when they were matched in the same Bob Willis Trophy group. They're now in the same County Championship group. And it's just something that really brings these two teams together to play in Red Bull cricket. Similar to Group 3 with Lancashire and Yorkshire playing each other. And it's just a really, going to be a really good spectacle. Shame there's no fans, but if we get this every year, I think that won't be too much of a problem. It's one of the things we pointed out, wasn't it, in the, one of the first two podcasts? The fact that the format sprung up these local derbies. Um, and I think it's brilliant. Um, there's always a bit extra on the line, isn't there? Um, you know, from other sports, especially football. It's just It just brings an added atmosphere, as, as we both know. Um, obviously no fans which is a real real shame but as you say next season and beyond if they keep the same format um, a little bit more localised and then branch off after that then there'll be many more Red Bull spectacles to come down in the West Country. That one obviously a meeting between two winners from last week and the other victor this week hosts Middlesex at Southampton and that looks like a real real cracker. Hampshire's batting lineup of Vince, Allsop, Weatherly, Dawson going up against again at one of the most experienced and exciting bowling attacks in the county championship. Tim Murta, 
Toby Roland Jones, Stephen Finn potentially coming back in. How do you see that one going? Oh, I'm looking forward to a really good game. As you say, it looks like an absolute cracker. The styles make matches and those bowlers against those batsmen, it could be a real, real spectacle. I think the first day is the most important in that game. If one team can get on top and hone in that advantage, then it could end up being one-way traffic. But I think it's going to go down to the wire. I think it'll be another really tight contest. Um, could go down to the last day. I'd like I'd like a little nail-biter run chase or can you get the wickets in time? One of those. Let's, let's crack on. Let's have one of them. Well, there we have it. The first week of the county championship is done and dusted. It all starts again tomorrow from 11 o'clock. All 18 counties in action once again. Join us next week. We will be back to review the second week of County Championship action and have a great week until then. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) 